Hey, you. Yeah, I'm talking to you. Have you checked out the new Unplugged on Friday nights? Well, if you haven't, make sure you check out the new Unplugged Friday nights with JJ Sexay at 10.30 Eastern Standard Time, 8.30 Mountain Standard Time, where JJ covers Smackdown, video games, and whatever the hell else he feels like. See you in chat. take the red pill, you stay in Wonderland, and I show you how deep the rabbit hole goes. You are now jacked into the Virtual Matrix. Please stand by for the latest in professional wrestling. I am the master of the middle finger. Video gaming. Chief Aswell from Sorry Sons of Bitches. And movie and entertainment. Beer drinker. I'm beer drinkers. And here is your host. All I'm offering is the truth. Nothing more. JJ Sexay. Guys, good evening. Welcome to another edition of Unplugged right here on the SNS Radio Network. Of course, I am Mr. Money on the Mic, JJ Sexay. And I got to be honest, I feel really good tonight. Got a lot on my mind. Just got finished watching some SmackDown. We now know who the entire team for SmackDown is going to be at bragging rights, although there may be some changes down the road here in the very near future. But with that said, I think we should jump right into the thick of things. I want to bring on uh, my co-host for Wrestling News Live every Monday night right here on the SNS Radio Network. Joining me on the line, ladies and gentlemen, the Trey Dog is in the house. What's up, America? Foreign countries, foreign kids everywhere. Yes, do not adjust your radio. The Trey Dog is on Unplugged on a Friday night with one senior de sexy. Yeah, what the hell's going on with that? People are like, Trey's on the show? What? <laughs> is it Monday? What day is it? What? I'm glad it's Friday. Yeah, I am too. I mean, it's it's been a really good day. I've actually had a, a pleasant day, despite the fact that things started off snowing here this morning. Wow. And then it went from snowing to really sunny and everything melted. So... <laughs> It's kind of been crazy here today. I, I don't know. I got to be honest with you. Today is my day of sleep. I sleep on Fridays. And I have done I have done a good job of that today. I work some weird hours. And Friday day, I'm off all day Friday. I don't go into work until a little bit later on. So I, I actually catch up on all the sleep I don't get during the week. On Friday, and then that 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 prepares me for working overnights the next two nights in a row. 
And that's a pretty that's a pretty good way to go about it, I guess. Right, right. So interesting night uh, for SmackDown tonight. I I read a lot of reviews earlier in the week of people that read the spoilers that thought it sucked. But I mean, as far as for being entertained, I thought it was a great show. I did too. So why don't we go ahead and hit that sounder, and we'll come back and talk some SmackDown. Do you know your enemy, Trey? I have too many of them. <laughs> I think we both do, my friend. Uh, we start things off with SmackDown. Of course, Teddy Long coming down to the ring. There's no pyro. Uh, he said that tonight there would be a series of matches to determine who Team SmackDown would be going into bragging rights. Uh, of course, we started the show off. The Undertaker was actually standing on top of the Rose Garden uh, Arena. It kind of looked <laughs> ominous. I was kind of digging that. It was a cool vibe to see The Undertaker just standing on top of the roof waiting on Kane and Paul Bearer to show up. Yeah, they showed that several times throughout the night. I thought that was a pretty cool shot. Yeah, he, he wasn't actually at the arena to just chill. He was just hanging out, you know, being the human barometer, I guess. I don't know. Uh, I guess he was a de- dedicated weatherman for the morning news. I don't know. Could be. Uh, of course, we start things off with our first match to determine who's going to go to bragging rights to basically uh, represent SmackDown, Rey Mysterio, and dashing Cody Rhodes. Very good match back and forth, but in the end, Rey Mysterio hit the 619 and the springboard splash to join Big Show on Team SmackDown, as Big Show was actually at ringside watching the matches as he is officially the team captain of SmackDown, which is interesting. I think that's going to play a major story into this year's bragging rights. If you recall last year, Trey, uh, he turned on Team Raw, did Big Show. Yes, yes, and cost them the match. Yes. Um, the reason he did that, though, he was a heel at that time and uh, was promised a title shot. That is true. I don't see that happening with a movie coming out and him being you know, such a big baby face right now. And glad to be on SmackDown. I don't see that changing. I don't either. And, you know, he's actually, I'm liking the approach he's taken to being the team captain. He's very happy to be the team captain. He's very focused on getting the best team that he can. So, hey, I'll tell you right now, Team SmackDown makes Team Raw look like the minor leagues. (laughs) We're getting there, but I think there might be some changes later on to this team. uh, as, As with the Raw team as well, with, you know, a couple weeks going into the bragging rights pay-per-view. Uh, next match of the night, well, actually, it shows Big Show, Hornswoggle, and Caval. We're all in a backstage segment, of course. Caval uh, goes up to Big Show and basically tries to petition his way onto the uh, Team SmackDown. And uh, this basically turns into a match that if Show can, or if Caval can last five minutes with Show, then he'll you know become part of Team SmackDown. And that is set up for later on the night. Um, of course, we saw a great promo with Paul Bearer alluding to the Buried Alive match. Probably one of the best promos I've seen Paul Bearer do ever. I was very impressed with that. Yeah, from start to finish, I mean, it was a really well-shot promo. Um, It got the point across pretty good, and it was great for sci-fi. I think so. Um, Next up, we have Jack Swagger with my favorite character on the SmackDown brand. 
the soaring eagle, or as Jack Swagger would call him, the thoring eagle. Um, Who's in that suit? Uh, you know what? I don't know, but they're they're taking bumps like crazy. Somebody is going to show up and be a new SmackDown talent that's in that suit. Well, I'm pretty sure it's not his dad. You know, buck out. No, buck. but that might be a way that they introduce what's his nuts from Ring of Honor or something. With Tyler Black? Yeah, I think he's a little too short to be Tyler Black. Well, yeah, but I mean... I don't know. Stranger things could happen, right? Tyler would only have to be in the suit literally one time to be the guy. I mean, they could have somebody else playing the part right now while he trains. Well, yeah, that that's a good point. You know, you don't ever look at the heights and weights of people. It's always different. When I, mean, they... I thought for, for weeks and weeks that the motorcycle chick was being played by somebody else besides Tara because she was much smaller and had bigger boobs. That's, that's a good point. But, uh, you know, i got to be honest. I'm loving the Thoring Eagle. I think it's probably the greatest uh, gimmick that they've done in a long time, especially since he's a mascot slash manager for uh, Jack Thwagger, the All-American, American Oklahoman. Uh, his opponent was MVP, Montel Vontavious Porter, and it was a it was a pretty short match to be honest. It was a good match for a short match though. It was. I mean, MVP. Uh, I I like the guy. He's just he's never gotten off the ground. Anytime they've pushed him, and I thought his push came in two thousand nine when he debuted on Raw after being drafted and went after Randy Orton, and they dropped the ball with that guy. I don't know what happened. Uh, I, you know, I, he's he's one of those guys that stays consistently hot, and all it would take to push him is the push itself because the crowd's going to stay behind him no matter what. Even when he loses like tonight, he'll come out next week and the crowd will be behind him again. Um, he never loses his heat. So, I mean, he's one of those that, you know, just whenever they're ready, why it's taking so long, I don't know, but whenever they are officially ready, he'll be ready and the crowd will be behind him. I hope so. I really, I think he's got a lot of talent. He's got a lot of potential. And I would like to see him at some point be this uh, part of this next group of superstars that kind of makes their mark in the business. I mean, we've been seeing nothing but the youth movement. And, I mean, granted, MVP is no spring chicken, but I think he's got all the tools needed to be uh, a top player for, for a long time. But, anyway, this match was short. Of course, the end came when Swagger lacked on or locked on the ankle lock. And at one point, he actually threw the Thoring Eagle, MVP, threw the Thoring Eagle, into Michael Cole's lap over the announce table, which was funny because, you know, it's just a guy wearing a damn suit and he can't see where he's going. So uh, at least he's bumping well. I mean, that, that could have been bad, but uh, he goes over the table into Michael Cole's lap, and I'm sure that Michael Cole enjoyed every second of it. Yeah, he soared right into Michael Cole's lap for sure. Crash and burn, baby, crash and burn. So, of course, once again, they show footage of The Undertaker on the roof. <laughs> just hanging out, having a barbecue. Checking out the weather. Michelle McCool was not with him, safe to say. Well, that would have been a lot more interesting. That would have been really cool, actually. Let's uh, go live to the Undertaker, who's upstairs <laughs> fucking his wife. I mean, wait a minute. Storyline-wise, what's he doing to Michelle McCool? Hey, is, is that Michelle McCool's, you know, head in his lap? What's going on? It's a PG show. We can't show that on TV. He must have been stung by a bee, and she's sucking the poison out. There you go. That's what it was. She's such a giver. She is. Give her in a taker. I can't explain why Lay Cool is bent over that way, but... Or maybe it's a giver to the taker. I don't know. Either way, it works. Uh, moving on to our next match on the card. We've got Alberto Del Rio and Chris, master of the job. 
And Alberto Del Rio. Alberto Del Rio. Chris Masters of the job. Drink beer, my I feel bad for Chris Masters. I really do. You know, and the crowd try, is trying to get behind that guy. The last two or three times I've seen him anyway. He looks like a million bucks. I mean, I don't know what the problem is. This is a guy, and I remember distinctly five years ago in the month of November sitting right next to you and JSK when Worlds Collide, the first one, with the Survivor Series, back when it was WTR and WNL, and we got together, and you and I both agreed. I mean, you were the one that said that this guy should have been the Intercontinental Champion, not fucking Ric Flair. And they have never done anything with Chris Masters. And I've I've never understood that. That guy has all the potential in the world. And yet, he's basically the master of jobbing on SmackDown. Well, they they, they kind of ran his gas out or his tank out of gas when they did the whole uh, who's going to be the first one to break out of the master log. And, I mean, that was a great way to bring him in and to get him heat right off the bat. But then they never did anything else with it. I think he violated a wellness policy and was let go. Uh, went and started hanging out with RVD and shooting these random weird ass videos and showing up all over the place on rvd radio and next thing you know he was invited back to the wwe and since he's been back he hasn't done anything but i guess i work with uh what's or nuts who's the diva that he was with for a while you know what i don't, can't even remember i think it was eve briefly oh, it was eve yeah. yeah him and eve were together for a while and that got him over with the crowd then the crowd kind of got behind him from that point. And then they really kind of put him on the back burner again. And now they've brought him out and dusted him off. And he's made a few appearances. And the crowd seems to be behind him a third or fourth time now. And, you know, it's just a matter of time before they end up, you know, putting him on the back burner again. I just I can't figure it out. I mean, he's got a picture of Linda McMahon and a goat or something. I don't know. I would agree with that, uh, but going back to the match, Alberto Del Rio, Alberto Del Rio, what the fuck, man? Alberto Del Rio. Alberto Del Rio. Jesus. Alberto I'm Del winking. Rio. I'm gets, winking at you right now. I'm telling you. He gets the win over Chris Masters via the tap out from the uh, awesome armbar that he breaks out each and every week. So he has advanced now to Team SmackDown. So we have basically Rey Mysterio, Jack Swagger, and now we have... Alberto Del Rio joining Alberto Team Del Rio. <laughs> I just like to say it when you say it. I like to say it that way after you say it. No, it's cool. So it's kind of like uh, overshadowing is what you call that. Alberto Del Rio. Alberto Del Rio. There you go. So uh, the next match had Edge and Dolph Ziggler vying for a spot on Team SmackDown. Uh, Great match. It was a good match, but the finish fucking sucked balls i gotta be honest ziggler comes off the top rope and edge catches him and it's supposed to be a spear but he doesn't really do anything to spear him it just looked kind of a hard move to do i mean i know but it looked weak when you're both the same height and weight really it'd been different if a guy like batista or goldberg was standing in the middle of the ring and caught you in midair because they outweigh the guy they're catching it's really you know mass and force and all that mathematical shit. But, you know, when a guy is the same size as you and you hit in midair, what's going to happen? You're going to stop. You're going to hit each other and stop. And that's exactly what happened. So his momentum, he didn't have the strength or the momentum 
to really alter Dolph Ziggler's, you know, forward motion. So therefore, it was just kind of like it, they'd have been better off just catching him and doing a powerbomb spot right there. I agree. I mean, you look in the past, and you mentioned uh, Batista. In the past, Batista has done that to Edge, and he's actually, you know, moved himself forward, jumped off the ground, caught him, and hit him with a spear. Uh, what Edge did, again, just a stopping of the momentum. It was a horrible finish. I was in the chat room bitching about the finish. I was like, you got to be fucking kidding me. That's the weakest finish I've seen on SmackDown in a long time. Okay, SES Warrior, I stand corrected. You're right. It's physics, not math. Okay, there you go. It's gravity and inertia and physics. Weight equals mass equals sassafras and Alberto de Rio. <laughs> so next up, we had the five-minute challenge, which saw the big show taking on uh, NXT Season 2 winner Caval. A very good match, and Caval, I mean, oh, he hung in there. You thought he was going to lose there at the end as big show goes for the big choke slam, uh, but he held on to it as the clock ran out, earned the respect of the big show, and becomes the next member of Team SmackDown. But wait, there's more. As Tyler Rex, or as I coined him in the chat room earlier tonight, Jeffrey McWild from the Virtual Fighter series, comes down to the ring and challenges Caval right on the spot uh, for his spot in the SmackDown bragging rights match. Teddy Long comes down, says, no, nah, player, he just had a rough match. But Caval says, hey, I don't need the help. I'll take him on. I don't need five minutes to beat him. And Tyler Rex beats the shit out of Caval and has become the newest entrant into the bragging rights SmackDown team. And this was a sh very short, like, two-minute, if that, match where Tyler Rex just dominated him. Finished him off with a torture rack maneuver into, like, a face buster. Now, I, I stepped out for a minute when that happened. Was he the, uh, is he the server guy? He was, but he, he looked a lot like... Uh, I don't know if you watch any of the sci-fi shows. I don't, know if, I don't know if I was talking to Walkie. He'd know exactly who I'm talking about. But uh, there's a guy named Jason Moma who is on Stargate Atlantis, and he's got the dreadlocks, and he's got the freaking beard and goatee. And Tyler Rex, to me, kind of looks like an offshoot of Jason Moma, who's actually... Kind of like, like Evan Courageous. Kind of, but only, like, way buff. Right. Uh, this Jason Moma guy right now is actually filming the new Conan movie. He's actually playing Conan. But oh, okay. like literally, if you ever played the Virtual Fighter series uh, in the arcades or in any, on any of yeah, the home I console, I mean, he looked a lot like Jeffrey McWild. So I don't know. It's just a new look for Tyler. You know what he doesn't look like what Alberto Del Rio. Not many do. Not many do. So the team has gotten very interesting. Uh, next up, we had uh, oh well after the Cody Rhodes promo for how to maintain your fingernails, which I'm gonna cut paste and send to Internet Dave. Um, after that, we move on to our next match. Kofi Kingston uh, taking on one half of the unified... <coughs> this is Sparta! Tag Team Champions uh, and Drew McIntyre. Basically, what happened here was that uh, Kofi Kingston advances over Drew McIntyre and rounds I'm out... Fucking Sparta fellows that look like a bunch of idiots tonight. Yeah, I would agree with you. I mean, there was a time in wrestling where, you know, if you were fielding a team of people, you'd always have your world heavyweight champ, your intercontinental or U.S. champ, a tag team champion, one of them, you know, if not both of them, because they were so superior over everybody else. 
because they were belt holders. Well, now it's just like, eh, if you hold a tag team title, you're lower than a singles wrestler that doesn't have a belt. That's true. It's kind of ridiculous. That's sad, unless you're Alberto Del Rio. Which is interesting. Bragging rights now, we have Alberto Del Rio and Rey Mysterio on the same team. I do not like, maybe it's, it's probably just me, but I like the character of Del Rio. I like the entrance for Del Rio. It's a blatant JBL ripoff. We all know that. That's fine. I like the, you know, kind of backstory of Del Rio, how he's this rich Mexican landowner, you know, just kind of the, you know, ultimate bad guy in every Mexican Western that was ever made. But then when it's time to wrestle, I think he looks like a dork. <laughs> really? And then he looks like an even bigger dork when you look like a dork already and you're winking at people. Oh, man, I love the wink. I think it's great. The wink is good if you look cool doing it. But when you look like a dork, then you're just a dork winking. Yeah, but he looks cheesy as shit when he does it, which which makes it go over well. I mean, I think his problem with Rey Mysterio is that being a wealthy landowner in Mexico, um, I think he's had his troubles with Zorro in the past. And Rey wearing a mask no. probably, right. you know brings back those memories of when Zorro used to kick his ass. You know that's the kind of character they're portraying him to be as the kind of bad guy that would face Zorro. Exactly. And you I know, love it. I think Mexican it's great. Slave owner, landowner. That's exactly what Del Rio is. Don't think anything different. Tell the peasants to get off my villa. Then if we must blow up the gold mine, then we'll blow it up with all the people in it. That's right. Because they took all the gold that Santa Anta had in california so they could buy the country oh yeah and they took all the gold in california from the gatlin brothers oh <laughs> uh, where do we come up with this shit trey sometimes i wonder Alberto myself he looks like a fucking dork in the ring though that's the only thing that i hate about him i see i disagree i think he's great in the ring i i'm loving everything he does i mean he is the polar opposite of what ray mysterio as a luchador is Rey Mysterio is the high-flying, although not so much anymore. He's been grounded quite a bit. But, I mean, Alberto Del Rio is just fucking awesome because he doesn't use that high-flying style. He grounds you and knows how to fucking take you down and just do crazy shit that, that you would expect luchadors to do. I mean, he's just the polar opposite, and I think he's perfect for the gimmick that they have him in, especially as, as Rey Mysterio's main foil. I think that those two work well together. <laughs> I feel like I'm dancing around with a sombrero. So let's see. Uh, moving on, we know Drew McIntyre was beaten by Kofi Kingston, who becomes the final member of Team SmackDown. Taker finally gets his ass off the roof and is shown backstage. Kane and Paul Bearer make their way to the ring, cutting a promo about The Undertaker's many failures. Kane mentions the Buried Alive match. The crowd is chanting for The Undertaker. The Undertaker comes down, gets in the ring, and both Kane and Paul Bearer are literally just standing there mortified that The Undertaker has spent the last two minutes walking to the ring, and they're paralyzed with fear, and then Taker kicks Kane in the belt and proceeds to kick the living shit out of him until they run up the ramp like scared little chicken shits. Now, was there, it, was a, there was a point in the ring where I think it's like 
a minute and 35 seconds in, if you paused SmackDown, you saw a trickle of piss come down Kane's leg. I think so. I just trickle. I, I couldn't understand why they just stood there, Trey. I was just like, why are they just standing there? Get out of well, the ring or something. The music itself, boom. That's pretty good, actually. That makes me want to stand there and piss my pants. <laughs> Especially when I look around and everybody's purple. Yeah. I don't know, man. I just, uh, I, I couldn't believe he just stood there. I mean, both of them. You know, Paul Bear should have got his ass out of the ring as soon as The Undertaker hit the ring. I mean, the first time it went, boom, my ass would be about five rows deep. No shit. Especially after everything Kane's done to The Undertaker. So anyway. And by the time they started their whole, I'd be in a fucking skybox. Yeah, no shit. See ya. So anyway, like I said, Undertaker gets the best of Kane and Bear. They run up the ramp, and The Undertaker is left in the ring. As they get to the top of the stage, The Undertaker commands the lightning to strike Kane in the face. In the face. And literally slaps him right upside the head and causes Kane to start bleeding over his, I believe, left or right eye. It was his right eye. And I'm like, really? I just, I, I sat there and I said, okay, this is way too cheesy. This is absolutely way too cheesy. I don't know. I don't, I don't know if I like where this is going. Uh, and, and I had a booking scenario that I threw in chat tonight. And since you weren't around, I'm going to tell you how I would pretty much end this thing. Um, right now, The Undertaker is so banged up that I've read on the house show circuit, they've been putting The Big Show with both Kane and The Undertaker to kind of make up for the fact that Undertaker cannot work very well right now because he's hurt and because he's in a lot of pain. Right. So knowing that, knowing this match is a buried alive match and it's for the World Heavyweight Championship, I got to say it, Kane has to go over here. It's not going to destroy The Undertaker to get buried alive. He's, he's Absolutely. Been, he's been buried alive a few times before. If you go back to 1996 when this feud culminated between what was it uh mankind and the undertaker and the executioner helped uh the late great you know terry gordy was the executioner for a brief time in 96 uh actually helped mankind get the victory and they buried the undertaker and at the end of the show you know he stuck his hand up and the lightning struck the you know the tombstone so i mean having the undertaker lose in the buried alive match is the way to go in my opinion and then i say he he takes two months off he comes back at the royal rumble you let Kane have the run till the Rumble. At the Rumble, The Undertaker beats Kane. This ensures he has a spot at WrestleMania, okay? So Undertaker is going to take on whoever the champ is at WrestleMania. They're going to unify those belts. So say it's Sheamus. I don't care who it is. Whoever it is, he has a fantastic five-star match at WrestleMania. After he wins the title at Rumble, you've got to protect him. You can't put him in matches all the time. You need to make him a special attraction and just let it go for two months. At WrestleMania, he beats whomever he faces, which gives him 19-0. and 0, Okay? To further that, The Miz finally cashes in money in the bank after The Undertaker has beaten whomever the other champion is and unifies the belts. He beats The Miz... Just barely, but he beats The Miz. This now brings his winning streak to WrestleMania 20-0. and 0. 
He can now retire because he's been 20-0. and 0, And the next night on Raw can vacate the titles. And you can have a tournament to find out who the next unified champion is. This solidifies that The Undertaker goes 20-0 and 0 at WrestleMania. And it makes Miz the first guy to lose, or makes Miz the first guy to cash in money in the bank and lose. And then, like, say he does well in the tournament and ends up becoming the champion after the tournament. So he still gets what he's after, but at the expense of helping The Undertaker finally get that 20-0 victory. That's how I would book it if it were me. But you cannot put Kane, or you cannot put The Undertaker over Kane right now over at Buried Alive. I'm sorry. There's no way The Undertaker can carry that title. It's just, it's not a good idea at all. I'm with you 100% on that booking. I mean, will that happen? Probably not, but if it were up to me, that is exactly how I would book that scenario. But uh, in a nutshell, that is your SmackDown recap right here. With that said, we actually do have a couple people on the line that I want to get to. Uh, joining us from headlockstoheadlines.com, we have Chris Kelly on the line. Oh, God. But not only do we have Crelly on the line, I do believe also on the line joining us, we have... Shelly Martinez. Oh, well, nice. Woo! Hey, guys. How's it going? It's going good. So How are that you? Would make, that would make Shelly the Rose growing in Crelly's world of dirt. Yes. <laughs> Thanks, Jamie. How, how's everybody doing today? I'm good. Doing fabulous Yay. and even better now. <laughs> good, good. I like to hear that. <laughs> I actually have to uh, apologize to you, Shelly. I missed your show Thursday. I had to work, so... Oh, For that, okay. I apologize to you. Into the archive, so you know, no problem. <laughs> I will catch the archive. I will do that. I promise. Yay! So what's going on? Just recapping some SmackDown. Oh, I don't watch SmackDown, so I'm I'm not a uh, contestant on the panel, I guess. <laughs> well, maybe you can answer this question. This was something I brought up in an email that I that I sent out yesterday to somebody, but. You know, in TNA with the knockouts, you know, those the, the, the TNA knockouts, they'll fight over anything. Like, if you look at each other wrong, there's a there's a storyline. But it seems like the, the Divas and the WWE, they only want to fight if the title's on the line. Has anybody else See, ever what, noticed I, that? I've noticed that, yeah. That what, I'm sorry, you cut out for just one second. Did I notice what now? <laughs> the, 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 the WWE Divas, when they wrestle, they only wrestle if the title is on the line. Right. There's not just any, I don't like you and I don't like you, let's have a match. The, if the belt's not on the line, the WWE girls aren't wrestling. And I just, I wondered if anybody else ever noticed that. Well, I have not watched the product in quite some time, so I really don't have a confident opinion on that. But I will say this, if that is the way it, they are running things now, that kind of sucks because, you know, the whole fun about being in wrestling, especially, you know, when you get women involved, because it's always exciting. Yeah, you know, it's more of a man's sport, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, that's why it's exciting when you have the women going out there, because it's like almost a special attraction, if you will. And so if you really build up those storylines to make championship titles mean something and to really capture the emotions of the audience that's watching, whether they're for you, against you, or whatever – you know, it's all about building that bond with the audience. And if there's no matches, you know, to lead up to wanting to have the title, 
other than just simply wanting to be the best. There's no drama, and people want to see drama. So if that's the case over there, hmm, that's pretty, pretty, pretty weird. <laughs> I just thought it was pretty ironic, you know, like, you know, they don't just fight to fight anymore. It's like the Diva title has to be on the line, or they have to be the number one contender for the Diva title. And girls at TNA, man, they'll fight you just for looking at them funny. It's true. It's true. There's a big difference between the two. And like I said, I can't have too much of an opinion on WWE because just I'm not familiar with their product in the last couple of years. But seeing that I've been more recently a knockout, there is definitely more of that. Um, it's almost like I kind of felt like the girls had that like compared to the divas, like the that ECW kind of vibe to them. You know, there were more like in your face, hardcore, you have so many different looking people right. with different look characteristics, not only physically, but, you know, in the way they move even in the ring and everything. And <clears throat> I just always, now that I'm thinking of it and sharing this with you guys, it's kind of like, that's what it is. I always felt like the knockouts were a little, had a little more edge, like just how ECW was to wrestling. Not saying that they were getting all crazy, but just in the women's, you know, comparison. That's that's a good point. I mean, as far as as far as the WWE is concerned, I mean, you know, Trey's right. They don't really uh, execute feuds unless it's for title belts, which I think is ridiculous. I mean, you don't ever see love triangles anymore. You know, where two girls are interested in the same guy, or some diva said something about another diva and made her mad, or you know, she well, stole no, her lipstick. That's right. I mean, you just you don't see that anymore, and it's it's kind of bothersome. Um, it is a shame because the thing is, is with having a love triangle or having, you know, someone being backstabbed by their best friend or whatever, that's what people, the people that are the fans that pay the tickets or give them the numbers on television, you know, for the television weekly numbers, um, you got to make them feel like even though they can't be that person on the stage doing all those things, still connect with you and still got to have that connection with the fans and like I, I don't know if you guys follow me on Twitter but I had just written um, oh no actually it was on the column for Crowley the I shoot promo Shelley column that is and one of the things I said that <clears throat> Rick Flair and Mick Foley they had a match recently and it mentally exhausted me because they just had control over all my emotions they controlled it where I didn't know who I wanted to cheer for, and then I kind of was leaning this way and that, and they just, me knowing wrestling and what can go into the behind the scenes, I really saw that they were doing that, and then as a fan, I was eating it up, and that's really what I feel is something that's been lacking in wrestling as a whole, is that people aren't being so um, concerned about remembering that the fans are the reason why we're having the shows. The fans are the reasons why we're out there doing what we love because we're able to, not to be a jerk, but manipulate their emotions to what we want. That's why there's bad guys. That's why there's good guys. That's why there's different parts of a match where the, you have the quote-unquote heat and, you know, be cut off and all this. It's because it's all about giving that smoke and mirrors illusion. And I was talking to Crowley just today about it. It's like a movie, you know. It's just you have a good movie and you make money off of good movies and good actors when they're able to connect. And wrestling's the same way. It's just more physical. And I don't know. I just find it interesting and a little odd that, um, I don't know. I don't really hear that kind of thinking being promoted, I guess. 
That's a good point. Um, let's kind of move into some of the news. I know there was there was a major news story that dropped today, Curly, so I'm going to give you the floor. Hello, yes, okay. yes, as we know, Matt Hardy, Matthew Hardy, whatever you want to call him, was finally released today after about two months of begging it. And, of course, this sent Twitter crazy. So I'm kind of doing like a little round table here and kind of get your guys thought on this and his future plans. Shelley, I'll start with you since you're the guest. What do you think his future plans will be? Well, who knows? Because nobody knows how to market himself more than Matt. And, like, he just knows. He knows what's up. He knows what he's doing. He knows how to work with all the tools that he has. So whatever he chooses to do, I know he'll be successful in it. And then, you know, I really would love as a fan to see him you know, reunite with Jeff and have another run one more time, one more time. But, um, you know, who knows? I mean, I know that he's had on, like, doing the whole Hardy show and all that. So you just, you never know. I just know that Matt Hardy is always a couple of steps ahead. That's all. <laughs> Here, but here's the question. Will TNA, if they sign him, do a face Hardy, like, faced um, Hardy's or will it turn Matt Hardy heel as well? So for the first time ever, we have the heel Hardy boys together. I think they should. I really do. Um, you know, going back to how I'm kind of putting the... I don't know, explaining how I feel about wrestling in movie form, just because everybody know, knows the movies, everybody has a favorite movie. And it's like, you know, I really feel, I was telling Crowley earlier today, that... I really would love to see them be heels, but be those heels that everybody, you know, hates that they love them no matter what. And then Crowley had mentioned, oh, you know, kind of like Randy Orton. And I was like, no, you know, because I was always put off by his character because it's cocky. Like, whether he was a heel or the face, he would always have that, that cocky thing going on. And that was like his, you know, gimmick, whatever. So... Me, personally, I was put off by that. And then I started thinking, and I was like, you know, it's kind of like when you go to a movie, and by, you know, default, we always want the good guy to win, unless the good guy gives us a reason to not want him to win. So typically speaking, you go into a movie like that. And I kind of feel like that's how wrestling is. There's, like, there's these good guys, but, like, there's not really much going on. So it's like, it doesn't even matter if I was a good guy or not, because if the Hardys came in and were those bad guys that still the good guy spotlight to where by the end of the film, you're kind of like, you know what? I kind of hope that these bad guys kick the good guy's ass, even though you know you're not supposed to, but maybe, you know, at that time, that actor, that wasn't the right role for him or he wasn't bringing it to the table, but these guys stole the show. So that's how I feel the Hardys can do. You know, they've always been known for these baby faces. So why not go the route where, you make people hate the fact that they can't like you, but they do. And it's like, that's where you really can control the emotions. Like who hasn't been in a dysfunctional relationship where you know someone's bad for you, but you keep going back, going back because there's that thing. I kind of feel they can play those kind of emotions on people. And I think it'd be really interesting. And I just would love to see as a wrestler and as a fan. But like, like I said to you earlier, Matt and Jeff have kind of been faces since the era of Attitude. And I think it'd be hard for the fans to boo them simply just because who they are and how over they are in the wrestling business. 
But I think they, that because Matt and Jeff are like know what's up, they could do it. That's what I'm saying. They could break everyone's heart to where people are so pissed that the Hardys would do this to me. Oh my gosh, they take it personal. And then they keep having matches and they keep busting out their cool moves. And then all of a sudden you got those same people who felt heartbroken going, damn it, but I love the way they move. Damn it, but I love that. That's like that funny feel that the Hardys totally have that capability that not all those performers do, period. And I don't know. Just saying. That's my. That's just my two cents, boys. <laughs> well, I. You know what? I think you've got. Uh, I'm listening to putting out there. I uh, just want to let everybody know that we just lost Trey. He uh, had to leave, but uh, he wants to uh, give his hugs and kisses, Shelley. But he'll he'll talk to you later. Woo! He's he's gone for now. Right on. Um, as far as my take on you know what Matt Hardy's going to do now that he's been released. I mean, this is something. He has been lobbying for for a while. Uh, I'm happy for him that he got the release. Matt Hardy has never been utilized well in World Wrestling Entertainment, especially not after the situation that happened to him where he was released over the, uh, you know, the fire. He was released basically over what happened between Lita and, you know, and Edge. Uh, it, it was kind of unfair that he was the one that got punished in that situation. Uh, they made this whole debacle you know, because Vince likes to take those real-life storylines and mesh them into real life. And <clears throat> he kind of got buried with that. He had one good match with Edge, uh, the cage match they had at Unforgiven in Oklahoma City. You know, and that was pretty much it. After that, he was regulated back to being, you know, just Matt Hardy. He, he didn't have anything going his way after that. The best run he ever had was when he was um, when he was doing the heel run on SmackDown. Uh, when when he was doing the, the whole Mattitude gimmick, you know, Matt Hardy version one. Um, oh, yeah, I love that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that, to me, that was the, the pinnacle of what he did on SmackDown. But ever since they put him on Raw and he got buried over with the whole, uh, you know, Kane and, and Edge and Lita, th that whole situation just completely killed everything. Um, yeah, I, I'm hearing the beep. I have no idea what the hell that is, guys. I am free. I'm about to blow up over here in T minus 12 seconds. Oh, you're going to blow up. That's awesome. Right. <laughs> but, you know, I, no. I, I, I always right. I, I always thought maybe, you know, he made a mistake by going back to the WWE. Uh, I brought to, you know, honor TNA. I think he would have been a much more company. Um, as far as he's concerned, you know, he hit his pinnacle in the WWE. He was the ECW world champion, which, you know, pretty much is considered a mid-card belt anyway. And he's done nothing but job for the last couple of years. So I, I can completely understand why he'd be frustrated and want out. So, uh, you know, I'm happy for him. I want to take a different approach when he does go to TNA, because I, I know it's like he's already got a contract written out right now, I'm sure. I mean, there's no way in hell that after his 90 days are up that he's not going to be uh, working for TNA Wrestling. And I think they need Matt Hardy, but I don't think they need him as a part of this uh, they, them, immortals, whatever they're calling this group right now. I really think that Matt Hardy is going to be the antithesis that's going to bring Jeff Hardy back over, uh, you know, to the side of good. I really think those two can play off each other, and they need a leader, uh, you know, besides Kurt Angle and Mr. Anderson. The the big problem I have with TNA, and I'm very outspoken on this, is that they have they have made it a habit of taking the best faces and turning them heel, and all the top heels and turning them babyface. And I don't understand that. If they would just let these guys go out, AJ Styles should be the top face in that company. But instead, you've got him hanging out with, with Fortune, 
you know, like like he's the the baddest thing going on. It's it's not working for him. I I don't understand. The same with Jeff Hardy. He was the biggest face in 2009. And granted, I'm just really not sold on this heel turn by Jeff Hardy. I'm I'm willing to give it a chance, but I just don't think it works. Hmm. I'm thinking they could, couldn't they? They could uh, bring in Matt, get turn Jeff back, Jeff back face, and reform. Couldn't they? They could reform Omega, bring in Shane Helms, and bring uh, then they push Shane up up the card and have Omega feud with uh, with um, the Immortals and put, and push out as a big face like group of of the company. You know, here's the thing, too. Um, Crelly had asked me, you know, earlier if I felt that Matt Hardy going to TNA would help because, you know, it seems that, you know, that's why they brought in Hogan, you know, and, you know, bring in whoever else. And I really feel that he could, especially, you know, joining forces with Jeff. And I say that because of this. You know, you have people who went crazy for Hulk Hogan in his heyday. But those same people necessarily don't, um, I don't know. I just think that the audience can kind of like be one to tend to say, oh, I used to love Hulk Hogan when I was a kid. Kind of like whenever I meet people and they find out I'm a wrestler, that's what they always say when they're, you know, currently not like watching wrestling at all. They'll always say, you know, oh, you know, oh, yeah, I remember when I was a kid, I used to watch Hulk Hogan, but they still currently don't. Where I find that a lot of fans that I met that from 10 years ago till new fans now, there's like that cult following still with the Hardys. And I really feel that, like, you know, I've been in the ring with some great people, but Again, I've said this before on the radio, my WrestleMania moment was when Idol Stevens was going up against Matt in Jamestown, New York, and just feeling that vibration of being in that ring. Like, I know you guys know how it is from being a fan and being on the outside, maybe even being in the live event, but I was inside the ring where he was inside of, and I'm telling you, there was something so gnarly about it. I can't explain it to you, and I know it probably sounds like I'm just, like, kissing Matt Hardy's butt, but it's just the truth. I've openly said this over and over. That was my WrestleMania moment because just the reactions that the crowd had, the energy that they had, and then the way that they booed us out because him being the baby face, of course, it vibrated in my, like, chest. And I remember I wanted to cry. Like, that's what was going on in that vibe. And I was like able to peek inside of, Oh my gosh, this is what he goes through. And Jeff goes through every single time they come out here perform. So being that I can see. Yep. I'm still here. I think we just lost Shelly. Yeah. I think a call dropped. Yeah. She'll call back. Not sure what happened there. It completely dropped. No Skype and death drop. It just dropped. That was kind of sweating. But yeah, I, I I have to agree with Rochelle to, to to a degree. Matt and Jeff do have a cult following. Like if you go on their Twitter page, they both have like a hundred thousand followers. But I don't really see how those two will increase the ratings up like a one point seven. Like I know this week they got a one point four, which is a big increase. But I don't see them to solely being the reason that people tune into TNA. And I would agree with that. Uh, I believe we actually have Shelly back on the phone line. I don't know what happened there, but you dropped. I don't know. That just happens. But at the end of the day, that's just my two cents is being a person that's actually been on the performing side with Matt 
in the ring. So I don't know. I just am, I really hope that it gets utilized in the right way. And I'm just eager to see what happens. Like, holy cow, what the hell is going to happen? <laughs> Well, yeah, like ha- having Matt does how Matt will open so many doors because there are so many ways over there that they could push him. They could put him as a tag team. They could put him as a single wrestler, face heel, and as a fan, it'd be great to see. But unfortunately, we have to wait three months to see it. But I know. Each... <laughs> but you, you know, each week Matt Hardy will tweet more and more, get more and more followers, and I know some of them would will, will, will tune into to TNA to to see his debut. And I hope Absolutely. for him that, and I hope that that he does his best in TNA. And but there are people saying, what happens if he goes to TNA, becomes a main eventer? Will the WWE snatch him back, a la Christian Cage? Well, I don't think so. Yeah, see, I, I I think that they're probably pretty much at this point in time washing their hands of Matt Hardy. I mean, let's let's not forget he went to them several times, asked for his release. They told him no on several accounts. And he finally took it upon himself to, to do some stuff that was going to get him released. Um, at this point in time, I don't think they have an interest in bringing him back. I really don't. And, I, you know, it's not against Matt Hardy. I, I'm a Matt Hardy fan. I always have been. Uh, I'm eager to see what he's going to do. I think TNA is going to do something major with him. I just don't know what that's going to be. My only concern for Matt is that if the WWE... And they did, on a couple occasions, try to push him and make him a big star. It didn't really work. I don't know that TNA can do it better than the WWE can. And that's, you know, I'm not, I'm trying to, I'm, I'm trying to look at, you know, both possibilities here. I'm not trying to be, you know, the devil's advocate, but at the same time, I don't know. I, I want to see what he can do there, but I don't think he's going to reach a pinnacle like what he had in the WWE. I hope I'm wrong. I would love to say that I'm wrong. Uh, I just don't know if the WWE can't put all their marketing behind Matt Hardy and make him a main event superstar. I don't know that TNA can do it either. And as a fan, I'm kind of concerned. Will he fall in once again in the shadow of, Matt, uh, sorry, of Jeff Hardy? Because that's been a big problem for his whole career, being stuck in the shadow of Jeff Hardy. So I think at first they will have to put, put him as, a, as an opposite to, Je- to Jeff, just so he's not in his shadow the whole time. And then we team them, because if you if you if you straight away put them together, I don't think Matt will get a long term rub off that at all. Well, then what you'd have to do is kind of go with the the direction that I'm laying out, where he would have to go in and try to change Jeff, you know, from uh, being an immortal uh, to jo- you know jumping ship and and going back to the side of good and helping Dixie Carter reclaim her company. Uh, you could even have a couple matches between the two and. At some point, maybe they would put the world heavyweight strap on on Matt Hardy over Jeff, and that would be a huge thing for Matt. Um, but I think you're right as far as you know, kind of stepping in, in Jeff's shadow, despite the fact that I've always thought Matt was the better technical wrestler of the Hardy Boys. Um, unfortunately, Jeff Hardy was always the one that kind of broke through because of all the horrible the the big high spots that he would do to to destroy his body. I mean, that's what got Jeff Hardy over with the majority of the fans. And, you know, Matt's always been the smart one that's been dictating the pace of the match, putting together moves for the match, you know, counters. Uh, you know, he's been the ring general of the Hardy Boys for the longest time, and Jeff's been, the you know, the high spot uh, personality of the group. I, I just I don't really know how this is going to work out, and, and I really hope 
the best for Matt Hardy. I hope that you know he can revitalize his career in TNA, and I think he will. I just <clears> don't know if he's going to get to that top level. Well, I'm, I'm guessing we'll have to wait and see. We, we, we can't pre- prejudge anything, but as a fan, like I say, I hope Matt goes there, kicks ass, and can finally step out of, out of the shadow of Jeff. I hope so. As you say, Matt, Matt is a better wrestler. Absolutely is. I think he, I think he's fantastic. Well, okay, one qu- one quick news item because I know she's got run away. Um, Kaylee Birchall has signed with TNA Wrestling. Your thoughts on that? Um, you review. Go ahead, Shelley. You know, good for her. Right on. You know, <laughs> that's all I really have to say, I guess. Um, you know, I just hope that she doesn't get kind of lost in the shuffle like some of the gals seem to have gotten in the past. But it'll be interesting to see what kind of role that she'll have there and what kind of character she'll be, you know, if it's going to be something similar to what she was doing in the WWE or, you know, something maybe revived from her past and her indie days or something totally new. So it'll definitely be interesting to see um, that kind of grow and see what happens. Mm. Your thoughts on that? I think that signing Katie Lee Birchall or or Cat, what's her name? Cat Stevens or not not Cat Stevens? Cat. uh, Do you actually have her her actual name? And like it's Cat something. Um, let me check. Crelly, you're my news guy. Come on, man. Come on, (laughs) you're breaking the news here, Crelly. You got to know her name. It's Cat something. Um, (laughs) you're killing me, dude. You're killing me. It's not my fault. I didn't have that. Uh, it's it's Catherine Water Waters. Yeah, Cat Waters. Thank you. <laughs> anyway, yes, Cat Waters is the name. Anyway, I think this is a great move for TNA because the Knockouts division has suffered a, a lot of losses lately. But now we've got talent like Tara back. Mickey James just debuted with the company. You now have Cat uh, Waters, who I thought was a great talent as Katie Lee Birchall. She was just coming into her own. You know, you've got the beautiful people. You've got Madison. I mean, you know, I think you still have Hamada hanging around somewhere. Uh, Sarah Stock, Sarah Stock, who wrestles as uh, Sarita, is still there. Uh, you know, this division could get back to being what it used to be. I mean, when you watch TNA wrestling, at one point in time, the Knockouts was the highest-rated part of the show. It was one of the main reasons you watched Impact because of the great women's wrestling that you saw compared to the WWE. I mean, you actually saw girls go out there and kick each other's asses and have a good time and put on stories. I think it's great, and I hope the division continues to grow. There's been a lot of emphasis in the last little bit where they've kind of watered down the the, uh, the knockouts division, and it hasn't been as prominent. I'm hoping with the recent acquisitions of Mickey James and Cat Waters that that definitely boosts things up there. So I am I'm 100% happy about it, to be honest, Crelly. You know what, I couldn't agree with you more because I was there for that kind of new knockout, like, thing that happened, you know? Like, the whole, you know, the title coming to being a reality and having the Battle Royal and then having the whole thing with Kong and Gail Kim and everything in between. I mean, hello, Roxy's getting her head shaved, you know, all these things. So... That's what I was, I guess, trying to say when you asked me the question was, you know, I just hope that it 
can become something like that, like it was, that there's just so many different girls that have different style of wrestling, that look different, have different characters, but that all are just there to perform and do a really good job at it. I mean, sometimes those girls just make it look so believable, but sometimes more believable than the guys. I agree. Mm. Anyway, so, uh, don't you have to go now? Aren't you a bit busy? Yes, but thank you guys for having me on and letting me share my two cents. <laughs> you know what, Shelly? You're, you're always welcomed here on the SNS Radio Network. Always love to have you on, and uh, no problem at all. Thanks for stopping by. All right, you guys take care, and make sure to uh, tune in to Funtime Radio every Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. That's right, and uh, when I get a chance, um, I'd like to talk to you off air because I've, I've got some ideas I want to run past you. Okay, can we talk um, tomorrow? <laughs> yeah, no, I, no, yeah, n- tonight would be uh, out of the question. I've got a lot of stuff going on. But uh, I tell you what, I'll give you a call tomorrow. Okay, great. All right, thanks, Shelly. All righty, bye-bye. All right, so is there any other news, Crelly? Um, yeah, there is. Um, okay, the current plans for this year's Hall of Fame um, include Bill Goldberg, Lex Luger, and Ron Simmons. Um there was talks of inducting the Four Horsemen, but this all hinges on if Ric Flair re-signs with TNA Wrestling after his contract ex- expires later this year. Sting has also been touted um, since he has parted ways with TNA Wrestling. Yeah, uh, you know what? I would love to see Sting get you know inducted into the Hall of Fame this year. I mean, and Kevin Nash for that matter. I mean, I I could see either one of those guys maybe. Uh, being one of the the big headliners for the uh, for WrestleMania, uh, as far as you know the the Hall of Fame goes. Yeah, I could see Nash easily because Nash is still good friends with Mister Man and Triple H. So, and the fans, I think if if Nash walked out, the WWE fans would still like kind of know who he was. I'm not sure that the, the new kids would know who Sting is, but Nash they would definitely know. Ron Simmons, wouldn't they? They would know as Farouk, Bill Goldberg. They might know. So there is quite a few big names from WCW that they could easily induct this year in, in, into Hall of Fame. Yeah, I, I think so. What else do we have? Um, here's an interesting fact. Starting this weekend, WWE is stop, or will stop doing brand-only shows, house shows. They will now be going back to the old formula of, of having an A and B roster, which is, which is a mixture of both uh, Raw and SmackDown. So this is kind of building to expectation that at one, at soon they will be getting rid of the brand, brand split and just having an A and B brand. Well, now that would we be might, interesting to see how that would work out. Because I'll, cause I'll quickly put up the card because on one show they've got the Intercontinental title and the US title being defended on one show. And on, and on, on the other show they've got the World Heavyweight and the WWE. So it's quite possible we, we, we will be seeing a brand split. Oh, sorry, the, the, the brand split end once again in WWE. And when is this looking like it might take place? Well, they start this weekend. They start getting rid of the brand split in the, on the house shows. See, I mean, you know, there's been talk for a long time of unifying the championships. If you're going to unify the championships, then you only need one brand. I mean, Raw and SmackDown can still be shows, but they can be a continuous show back like it was before the brand SmackDown. Yeah, and like... There, there are some divisions that don't even have enough people to be in that division. Like, look, just look at the Divas division. Do they really need 
like wouldn't it before they before they they unified the belts there wasn't really enough divas to do that is there really enough quick football guys to go after both the US and the IC belt not no, really there's not is there is, is, is there enough main event stars to go after both the WWE and the World at all no there's not so so unifying the belts at WrestleMania will be a fantastic idea and then when they and then they can put more effort into storylines instead of trying to have like ten storylines over two brands, they can have five five storylines with more effort behind it and time behind it. Now, see, I agree. <clears throat> and as far as unifying the titles, like I said, I'm all for it. Uh, I don't really know how we would get to, you know, I know the rumor would be Sheamus and Undertaker at WrestleMania to unify the belts. I would almost say that come bragging rights by hook or by crook that you would have to have Wade Barrett go over with help from John Cena. Yeah, that that's no that that really should be a no brainer just because you know, they they have the uh they have the tour over here to England next month. And it, and if you have Wade Barrett as world champion, that that was her tickets. So I'm pretty sure they will have Wade Barrett win the title at Bragamites. And then I would say if it were me booking, this is how I would do it. I would have Barrett go over. He goes into to the Royal Rumble, still the champ. Sheamus has got to be the guy this year to win the Royal Rumble. I think he needs it. I really do. I you know, given what he's been through in the last year, I think that he needs to be the guy that's going to win the Royal Rumble. And then rather than fight Barrett at WrestleMania, obviously utilize that that pay-per-view in the month of February where Sheamus would get the title back and then your main event would be set for Mania it would be Sheamus and The Undertaker. Yeah, and I think if if they go that route you would just have Sheamus run like run wild in the Rumble. Like, hell, they could even have him, have him break Kane's record of wouldn't it, 11, 11 eliminations in one Rumble. Just, just have him clear house. Like, literally have him clear half the Rumble out himself. And like, just push him as his big, big monster heel. Yep. And and I would even say that if it's an elimination style match, like an elimination chamber, that even works better. You know, if you have Barrett and Sheamus and John Cena, you, you it comes down to the the three of them: Sheamus, John Cena, and Wade Barrett. And then Cena finally snaps and gets sick of being Barrett's little lapdog, and beats Barrett, pins him, eliminates him, and then Sheamus hits the brogue kick on Cena and gets the win over Cena, and that's how he becomes the WWE champion. That way, you've got John Cena taking on Barrett at WrestleMania, the biggest pay-per-view of the year. Um, I think, to me, that's that's got legs. I don't know how anybody else feels, but if I were the one booking the storylines right now, I mean, that's just the logical conclusion that I would come to. Or, because you know this WWE, they, I could see them having The Miz win the, the, the Rumble, and then having him cash in his main bank on the SmackDown champion, and have him cash in his Rumble win at WrestleMania on the, on on the Raw champion. Could be interesting. Because, like, like, like we said earlier, there, right now in wrestling there are so many open possibilities, and that's why right now I'm 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 just enjoying being a wrestling fan because like you and I and and everyone else can sit here and try and book it, but and like I know. What, what they do, some some people will bitch, but it doesn't matter because after you know because after, after things done, it is wrestling. But 
I'm going to look forward to it because there are, there are so many so many ways that they can go. So, so it's, it's, it's going to be fun to watch between now and WrestleMania for sure. I think so. I mean, I want to see where they go with everything. I also want to see guys like, you know, maybe it's just me, but I think Morrison has been doing very well. The last couple of uh, the last couple of months, he's really started to kind of gel back into that John Morrison that we used to know and love. That you know hit all of his moves and you know had a great work style. With CM Punk coming over to Raw, I hope that they put those two in a feud because those two had some of the best feuds in ECW and then especially the SmackDown brand. And I think that CM Punk CM Punk could help you know uh, get John Morrison to that next level. And help him out tremendously. I mean, John Morrison is a guy that I want to see elevated. I don't want to see him circulating the mid-card for the rest of his tenure there. I think he's got tons of potential. And I think he could be a big main event draw for this company in, say, three or four years. But the thing is, like, like I said, he's, he's had no direction. So I'm not quite sure how, where, where you'd push him because I'm pretty sure they're more likely to do a CM Punk versus, versus uh, Daniel Bryan feud. Than they are, uh, Jomo versus uh, Brian for the U.S. title. So he's kind of he's kind of in this, the, the Matt Hardy role, where he can he can do like he can do these insane spots, have cool gimmicks, but he's he's just running running on a tre- treadmill and, running, and going nowhere. Yeah, but see, I I can't see a U.S. title feud between Brian and and Punk. I you really can't? can't. No, no, because he's a fucking former world champion. I mean, you know, I hate when you take a guy. And they did this several times in the WWF. I hate when you take a guy like Triple H, who's been a champion, uh, you know, WWE champion several times, and then you put him uh, like they did in what was it, 2001, when they had the two-man power trip, where Austin was the champ, and then Triple H had to be the Intercontinental champ because Austin was the champ. I mean, I, I, I just, I'm not a big fan of that. I mean, once a guy hits that world title. Uh, why should you go after an intercontinental or a fucking U.S. title? I mean, that, that's a step down for you personally. I, I think it's same with Jericho. Like them, them like because like once you win the belt and then lose it, then you kind of like have to, have to be like built back up. And to win the like the U.S. title is kind of on the route because you got U.S. title and then back to back up to the main event. And and also in the progress, you you help get some mid some other mid content over. So it does make sense, kind of, but I do I do see your point of saying, I'm a world champion. Why the hell do I care about this mid title? Well, you know, and, and that's the thing. They did this with Jericho that used to piss me yes. off, too. You know, Jericho was the first undisputed champion, but yet he had fucking five or six intercontinental title reigns after he was the Seven. first ever unified champion. It's like, what the fuck? I'm just, I'm not a big fan of doing that. Yeah, but it kind of does make sense in a... I, I would no. Actually, I would rather see Daniel Bryan and CM Punk not be for a fucking title at all. I would rather see somebody else with the U.S. title at that point. If you're going to have a Punk and Brian Daniels, or yeah, Daniel Bryan, Brian Danielson, whatever the fuck you want to call him, I would much rather see that match have nothing to do with a title unless it's a fucking uh, world championship. I just I don't think it needs to be over a mid card title. Well, you you could have. Have have like Jomo win win a few matches in, in a few weeks, earn a title shot at the next pay per view, which is Bragging Mites. No, sorry, what's the one after, what's the one after, after Bragging Mites? Survivor next Series, Crelly. one of okay. the big four. Have Jomo versus Brian at at, at Survivor Series. Have CM Punk, and you think that he's, that he's going to beat up um, Jomo, but have him turn on 
and beat up Brian Dangerton. So Jomo wins the belt, and that's how you set up the, the, that, that feud. So they're in the belt and rolled. And well, have Jomo run with the icy belt. Well, it's got potential. Hmm. Let's see what other news we got. Um, there's no really, really much news, um, apart from, as, as I said already, Sting's gone from TNA. Oh, Freddie uh, Prince Jr. has rejoined WWE. He's now working on the creative team. Um, on Raw, apparently, the, the wrestlers are happy to see him back because, not, because as well as being a worker, he's a fan of wrestling, so he kind of treats them differently than a, a guy that's not a fan of wrestling. So, Freddie Prince Jr. is now back on the WWE board as a creative member. Very nice. But that's all the news that I've got for today. So, all right. Well, I mean, you know what? That sounds like a full news day. We got Matt Hardy being uh, finally released from the company. We've got Cat Waters, formerly Katie Lee Birchall, signing with TNA Wrestling. Uh, those are some pretty big news stories. So, you know, congrats to to both. You know, congrats to Cat for getting signed and. Congrats to Matt for losing his job. I mean, you know, I mean, it's it's one extreme to the other. Matt Hardy actually did just post a video um, on YouTube, basically saying thank you, thank you WWE for for releasing me. Thank you so much. I respect you, but thank you for finally releasing me. So, yeah, he must be the only man in the world to be happy about, about losing his job. I think so. I think so. So with that said, Crelly, thanks for coming on the show, and uh, I will talk to you very soon, my good friend, as we're going to go ahead and head out to this commercial break. We'll be right back in a few minutes right here on Unplugged, exclusively on the SNS Radio Network. Kurt Angle from TNA, and you're listening on the SNS Radio Network. Oh, it's real. It's damn real. You want some? Come get some. You're either next us or you're against us. Awesome! Get out of my way. All it's going to take is one RKO. WWEShop.com, the home of official WWE merchandise. For a limited time only, WWE Shop has reduced prices on all t-shirts. Pick up your authentic top rope or basic tees while this special offer lasts. There's so much more to the internet than porn. Like this. Just like driving on an open highway. Turning face to stars and stripes. And they want more, that's what I 
It's the absolute best in country music with the TD Top 20. The top 20 songs in all of country music. Right here on WTR with your host, The Trade Dog. Come on, DJ. Hit me with another track. Get up and party while we count them down and check in with artists that make these hits happen, like Jason Aldi. Bartending is, I'm, I can do that. Anything you like to drink, I'm, I'm pretty good at that. Crown and Seven is my specialty. <laughs> and Carrie Underwood. That's a, an amazing, sad, and happy time in somebody's life. And the daughter's saying, it's okay, Mom. You know, he's good. He treats me like he's supposed to treat me. This is what you would want for me. This is a man that you would want for me. Are we on the air? Yes, you are. The TD Top 20 Countdown with your host, The Trey Dog, 9 p.m. Eastern Time, 8 p.m. Central, every Saturday night on Wild Talk Radio and the SNS Radio Network. The station with the best, 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 best music. Best music. I love the I music. Love the music. Best music. Wild Talk Radio. WTR. Hey guys, it's me, Mr. Money on the Mic, J.J. Sexay of Sunday Night Showdown. If you're looking for the latest wrestling news on the World Wide Web, you should check out www.fromheadlockstoheadlines.com. It's the official news source for Sunday Night Showdown, and you should make it your official news source as well. Once again, that's www.fromheadlockstoheadlines.com. The superstars of SmackDown collide with the superstars of Raw in the one night of the year where only one rivalry matters. WWE, bragging rights. SmackDown has the power, the finesse, the big red monster, and me, the largest athlete in the world. Raw has the size, the speed, the heart, the soul, and me, John Cena. Which brand will reign supreme? You're either Nexus or you're against us. WWE bragging rights, live Sunday, October 24th, only on pay-per-view. I hear voices in my head, they counsel me, they understand, they talk to me. Since 1996, Audio Wrestling has been getting in the ring as your definitive source for all your wrestling desires. Interviews with some of pro wrestling's biggest stars. Providing you with a wide selection of award-winning wrestling shows from past and present. Such as Ministry of Slam, Monday Night Mayhem, In Your Head, WrestleCast, Sunday Night Showdown, Wrestling News Live, Between the Ropes, RVD Radio, WrestleCast, and Wrestle Talk Radio, and many others. If you can't get enough Mad Mania, climb into the ring with Audio Wrestling, www.audiowrestling.com, and check out all the real voices of wrestling radio. Audio Wrestling, keeping you tuned in since 1996. Talk to me. 
What's up? It's Johnny Devine, and you're listening to Sunday Night Showdown right here on the SNS Radio Network, maggot. can you not get pumped after hearing Ride of the Valkyries? Like, that has got to be one of the most underutilized entrance themes in all of professional wrestling. And Daniel Bryan, the United States champion, has that as his official theme music for the WWE. I am JJ Sexay, Mr. Money on the Mic. As some have called me, Mr. Mom. It's true, I raise a family. Wife's always traveling. I'm at home taking care of the kids and doing a dozen radio shows in a week. I'm telling you, it's crazy. Tomorrow morning, I get the privilege and the honor of rolling my ass out of bed at about 730 in the morning and getting things ready for eight o'clock in the morning for me, because tomorrow I get to talk to one of my idols in this business. I get to talk to someone that I have always respected and looked up to. Tomorrow, ladies and gentlemen, I get to interview the most iconic personality or one of the most iconic personalities in all of professional wrestling. Tomorrow, it's J.J. Sexay going mano a mano. Hopefully, the trade dog will be involved. But if not, it will be myself and mean Gene Okerlund tomorrow morning. And I cannot wait. I am definitely looking forward to uh, getting that interview done tomorrow. I, I am a huge fan of Mean Gene Okerlund, and, and I cannot wait to pick his brain on some things and hear some stories from Mean Gene Okerlund as it relates to some of the crazy, crazy bastards that he has had the privilege of working with in world wrestling entertainment. Guys like the Ultimate Warrior, Macho Man Randy Savage. It's funny, when I talked to him, and we talked about... The interview, I, I told him, I said, you know, Gene, I'm a fan of today's product, but it doesn't have the same punch that it did back in the day. And I, I said, it's just, it's not the same for me. And, and I miss those those characters, like Randy Savage and the Warrior. And he says to me, God, those guys were a couple of A1 nut jobs. <laughs> so uh, I guarantee you, it's going to be a very interesting interview tomorrow with me and Gene Okerlund and course we will have that for you this monday night on wrestling news live uh trey and i are going to discuss tomorrow how we're doing the show on monday as most of you may have heard i will in fact be attending uh monday night raw live here in calgary this monday night so i don't know if trey is going to run the show on monday if we're just going to have a, a later start date for the show but either way rest assured there will be a wrestling news live one way or the other i don't want you guys to worry we will work something out one way or the other. 
But with that said, it's kind of it's it's time right now. We kind of dip into uh, some video game talk, and I guess we may as well go ahead and start things off talking about SmackDown versus Raw 2011. Um, there was a chat today that I was a part of with Marcus Stevenson. Uh, basically, it was a a chat room discussion. They uh, this particular website, which I do not have in front of me right now. Uh, I think it was like ringscoop.com, had a one-hour chat with Marcus Stevenson. We definitely didn't get a lot of information released from Marcus because a lot of the questions weren't, I'll be real honest, a lot of the questions weren't that great. I think in the one hour that he was on the chat session, I think maybe nine or ten questions legitimately got asked to him. Hell, even Jim 316 got got banned for life on that website. But then again, he did spam unplugged for tonight, so I guess that would be a good reason uh, as to why he would <laughs> he would get banned from their website. But uh, not a lot of information came out today in regards to SmackDown versus Raw 2011. I do know that come Tuesday, they will be releasing the final two legends of the roster that they've kept secretive. I know that uh, I believe yesterday Chris Masters and Mickey James were released, so we now know that they are in the game. I'm hearing rumors that you can play as a druid, so obviously they have a druid involved in the Undertaker storyline, which is going to be cool. So for the first time ever, you get druids, or at least one druid. I just wonder if you can actually take the one druid in story mode and use them several times, so you can have like several druids. I'm not sure. But I'm thinking that that might actually be pretty cool if that's the case. Next time we have uh, someone on the show, I'm definitely going to ask about that particular thing. Uh, but I'm going to go to the phone lines, uh, 501-588-7957. Welcome to Unplugged. Who's this? Who's going to this, Charles? Ah, it's my co-host every Tuesday night right here on the SNS Radio Network and over at cause.ws, Charles Shane. What's going on, brother? Uh, nothing much. I think we got something to announce tonight. We do, actually. We have a, a huge thing to announce right here on the Unplugged crowd. Do you want to do it? Or do you want yeah, me to... I... I'll do it. I'm just, I mean, this is something that, uh, well, someone that I think every year, if you're going to freaking talk about a SmackDown game, you need to talk about with this guy. And that is none other than WWE SmackDown vs. Raw 2011 game designer Brian Williams, live this Tuesday on the Callscast. So everybody get your questions ready. You can email them to me at charles at calls.ws, or you can just join us live and call in and uh, give us your questions that way. And See, I'm looking forward to that. Every year I get the chance to sit down and interview Brian Williams uh, as it relates to the SmackDown versus Raw franchise, and I cannot wait for Tuesday when we actually bring on Brian Williams to the program this year to talk about you know our favorite subject, SmackDown versus Raw 2011, because this is the guy that's going to tell you all the intricate things that you people want to know, as far as the gameplay is concerned. Exactly. This is the, like I said. This, if you're going to play Watch SmackDown vs. Raw every year, especially when it gets close to coming out, this is the guy that you need to talk to. Because this is a guy that we're pretty much most likely be able to answer every question you have because he's playing the game all day. He's designing the game, and he sees all the big features, and he's involved in a lot of them. And has a lot of input of what goes in the game every year. So. If you got detailed questions, this is the guy that you've been waiting to talk to because he's going to have your answers. Absolutely. So Tuesday is going to be a big day. Brian Williams, 
We're going to find out finally who the last two legends uh, on SmackDown versus Raw 2011 are going to be. It's going to be a good day. Can't wait. Oh, people have been going crazy all over the calls forums about the last two legends. I got to watch what I say when I talk about these last two legends because, well, we know who they are. We, we kind of do, but we're not going to give you any hints. I think we will be excited. Yeah, I think There's so. There's going to be two guys that are going to be really fun to play with in the game. Absolutely. Uh, I know there was a lot of hints given out today on the... Uh... Ring, ring scoop. Ring scoops. Yes. Ring scoop? Yeah, it was ring scoops. Ring scoops, okay. Yeah. I'm so glad that I don't have a chat room that's completely out of control. I do have mods that are kind of, you know, kicking people if they, if they get stupid or don't follow the rules or get disrespectful or spam shit 20 times in a row. I just, uh, it's nice to see that we've got some uh, some control of stuff over here. Yeah, I was actually in their chat for the longest time, and I actually missed the whole first part of the chat, which, I, I mean, obviously I knew that everybody somewhere would have it on their forums and I'd be able to read it. But I missed the whole first part because by the time a moderator in there got to me and actually let me see what was going on in the chat, I mean, I missed a good portion of the beginning of it anyways. Well, you know, and I missed a good portion of it too, but I know they had him for an hour. I think I tried to come in about five minutes after, and I had to wait for somebody to, uh, you know, you have to become a member to be in this chat. Uh, finally, I, you know, I, I said I'm, you know, JJ A of the Sunday Night Showdown Radio Network, and the cause cast can you make me a member and of course they did and then it took you about 30 minutes and i actually had to go and like talk to two or three mods and i'm like can you let charles in and finally they they did so it was kind of crazy yeah it took me a while to get in there and actually see what was going on but yeah i mean anytime you have a, a chat like that i mean just an open chat i mean once you bring like a, a name like marcus in there with the game and stuff that's it's gonna be rough oh it is that's a lot of people in there that's why usually, I mean, we do our stuff on obviously on the podcast and whatnot live, and then we archive it. But if I was going to do anything in a chat room, I would actually do that. What is it? That now live? I forget the name of it. The blog it now. It's what WWE does for their chat room, where you can't actually submit. You can submit the stuff to them, and then they have to hit a button to let everybody see it. Yeah, I, you know you what? Stuff like that, especially when that that software is actually free to embed into your website and use it. I, you know what? I agree. I think that would be a much better system to work. I mean, the fact that you had people asking questions in the chat, uh, but you know, Marcus wouldn't answer because he had to go through the, the main guy that was the moderator. So you had to send your question to the guy that was the moderator. But the problem with him was that every time you typed a question in, and I'm sure he was getting a ton of them, uh, you know, I'll give these guys credit because they had a, a packed chat room. I mean, uh, just fucking to, to the, they had three different rooms basically that you had to basically uh, fight with. But, I mean, I'll give them credit. They did the best they could. I just didn't like the setup. I mean, obviously, I'm an audio content kind of person. I would much rather do a radio show and actually have somebody answering questions and then taking questions from the chat as opposed to just a regular chat. But I think that WWE does have a good system of the way they do it. But um, I, I don't know, man. Like, literally, in the one hour he was there, I think he only got to about ten questions because every time this guy... The mod, the main mod, the, I can't remember his name, but every time he would get questions, he would, like, pop over to another room or he'd get kicked or something, and then you'd have to rewrite your question. So they really didn't get to a lot of stuff. As far as I know, they're going to do it again next week, but it is what it is. 
tune in. Yeah, I mean, like you said, it's, it's rough to handle that kind of stuff in that kind of a chat. Now, I mean, I don't know about you, but did you find out any new information over the last couple of days? I haven't really heard anything aside from Mickey James and Chris Masters for SmackDown versus Raw 2011. Yeah, I mean, other than stuff they've done on their roster reveal and things like that, I mean, there haven't been much. I mean, they threw a few things out there. Uh, what was it? There's like 70 stables now. You can actually make stuff up to 70 stables. I mean, little stuff like that. Not much has been... I mean... The only thing you're really going to get now from here until release, obviously, yes, next week we're going to get the Legends uh, and stuff like that, and then obviously going to unlock the rest of the roster people. I think it, wait, it's a whole roster unlocked. I can't remember. Um, the DLC has not been unlocked. I think the two Legends have not been yet unlocked. But I think everything else is pretty much done, yeah. Yeah, I thought everything else was pretty much done. Yeah, for the people waiting for, like, uh, Nexus... I mean, that's going to be a little bit before they actually show up on the roster page, as far as I can see. Because you have to think, their DLC is not coming out until early 2011, so they're not in no big hurry right now to show them off, because you're not going to get to play with them for a little bit. And plus, Marcus even said that that render of Wade Barrett is all that he's seen. Like, at THU out there in California, that's all they've seen. They haven't even seen the actual in-game character models of them 3 yet. Pretty much, I guess, the only people who have seen them is out there, you know, in uh, Japan with Jukes, people making them. Those are the only ones that have actually seen them. So they're still waiting themselves to actually see those character models. Now, I, I can say this. Uh, one of the things I did get from the chat today, I believe, obviously, the 70 tag team uh, stables was cool. But they also said that you had 25 uh, stable-like entrances that you could choose from, is what I got out of chat as well. Well, that's cool. Yeah, I didn't even see that. Well, that might have been one I wasn't in there. I don't know. And, and there's one that I, I can't really confirm because I'm confused on it, but I believe somebody asked him, and I, I again, this could be a question of Marcus was confused over the question, uh, but according to what they were saying in the chat, and Marcus had said yes to this, and I, like I said, I don't know if he got confused at the question or what, but it was asked if you were able to, in the story designer, offline, obviously, could you use your um, custom soundtracks or your custom music in cutscenes and stuff? I believe he did say yes, but I don't know if there was some confusion over the question. So I can't confirm that that is a fact, but he did say yes to that if, in fact, that question was brought to him in that light. So we'll have to wait and find out. I definitely want to ask uh, Brian when we get him on the show Tuesday. But if, if if that is the case and you can use custom music, then I think that will be fantastic. Yeah, I'm, I, it seems like a lot of users on the forums are going with that uh, same thing as well. They are all running with pretty much that, yes, you can use custom soundtracks in the uh, creative story designer, which, yes, that would be awesome if you could do that. I mean, yeah, granted. But here's the thing. Not, uh, not, I mean, one, yes, it would be awesome to be able to do that. Two, now, like, say you go and download somebody else's story. Obviously, it's not going to have the custom themes. That would be ridiculous. Yeah. Just because file size and whatnot and all that craziness. And plus licensing, they wouldn't be allowed. Well, but, yeah. Uh, what would be cool is if that could be like the only thing that you're allowed to edit of somebody's story designer. Is to go in and give the wrestlers in the story designer to make them default to your custom themes that you have them set for offline. Right. So then... So we could put in their like description or whatever of the story designer saying, 
you know, for best results when you're playing this story and immersion and whatnot, you can actually, they can say, you know, put these themes with these wrestlers and set it up that way. Do something like that. That could be pretty cool. But who knows? I, I doubt that's this year. No way. <laughs> we'll just have to see, right? Yeah, because as far as I know, I don't think you, just like last year, you can't edit anything to the story. It should be expected because people are just going to screw with other people's stuff. I mean, a lot of people are already upset in a way for the fact that you can, uh, like I've seen it right now on the calls forums that people, some people are upset that when they upload their calls, people can download them and they'll be able to edit them, but they won't be able to re-upload that same call. And here's the thing that's really confusing to me why the, why, I mean, I understand people don't want someone taking credit for something they created. That's fine. But here's the thing. The person to be able to, upload your call and for them to act like it's yours would have to download it, edit it. And not just, they couldn't even edit it because they would have to go in manually, get the whole call code themselves, write it all down, recreate the guy and then upload him. Essentially they could do that before because before all this was going down, people just posted their call formulas online. Right just out there for everybody to see so everybody could just take someone's whole call formula take it tweak it a little bit and say it's theirs i mean that could have already happened in the past so i really don't get too much why people are getting up in arms about putting it on the servers for people to download when that stuff could already happen in the past anyways i'm just looking at the chat room and trey's talking about on smackdown tonight they showed footage uh and they showed wade barrett i think the wade barrett that you saw was probably a created wade barrett because the actual win- yeah, render. Yeah, that's that horrible-looking created character yeah. that they had to make for that promo. Yeah, it looked really bad for that. But uh, the actual render of Wade Barrett that's over at the roster page looks fantastic. He's actually wearing the Nexus armband. Yeah. And, uh, yeah that... Marcus actually said that was a last-minute design, or not design, but a last-minute decision by like the marketing slash PR because I guess WWE contacted them and said they were going to do that show footage for that match of uh, Randy Orton, and they want to get Wade Barrett, and obviously Marcus has been having not seen Wade Barrett yet. They don't even have the, the stuff on hand. So that was the last minute decision. They threw that together, that little call character everybody's seen of Wade Barrett. They threw, supposedly threw that together in like five minutes and gave it to WWE and said, here you go, and there you go. You have that horrible-looking Wade Barrett with that. If you, doesn't that tattoo look like it's all pixelated on his arm? Yeah, that tattoo looks horrible. Like it. The rest of the call, I mean, obviously it don't really look like Wade Barrett, but it looks like up to the graphics of a 360 would be, or a PS3, but that tattoo looked like it came out of the freaking 8-bit NES era. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, when you have a guy like Wade Barrett that's, in, you know, obviously DLC, they can't do much with it right now, so created character, and it was a pretty bad one. Yeah, I guess I kind of just figured, you know, it's only going to be on the screen for a few seconds, but still, I mean... I, Kind of like, oh, that's ugly. But as far as I know, that's pretty much all the news you know that came out today or this past week after the Causecast. Uh, as far as SmackDown versus Raw 2011, we're going to find out a lot more information, obviously, in the next couple of weeks. Tuesday, right here on the SNS Radio Network and at Cause.ws, the Causecast returns. We are going to have uh, Brian Williams. And we will shed a lot more light on the game. I guarantee that. Only eleven more days, man. Everybody will be playing it. I know. And not to mention, if if you can't wait that long, doesn't uh, Fallout New Vegas actually come out next Tuesday? 
Next Tuesday, was it next Tuesday, the 19th? I think it does, yeah. Yeah, next Tuesday, the 19th, Fallout New Vegas comes out. This has been a stacked month for games. I mean, just on October 26th alone, you're going to have SmackDown versus Raw 2011. You're going to have The Force Unleashed 2, which I already put my pre-orders down for. Uh, the DLC for uh, Undead Nightmare for Red Dead Redemption comes out the 26th. You've got Rock Band 3 coming out on the 26th. Uh, it's just a stacked day. As far yeah, as releases I, go. I mentioned it on the Calls Cast when we were talking all about these big titles coming out with SmackDown the same day. For people who don't know, there are going to be GameStops that are going to be doing game, uh, other stores as well, doing midnight launches for SmackDown, but there's going to be a lot of them that are not going to be doing it because a lot of them work on a whole thing of the game has to have a certain amount of pre-orders for you to be able to have a midnight launch or whatever. But most likely, your store, you might want to give them a call because they're going to be doing a midnight launch because there's so many big top-tier games coming out that day, like the Rock Band 3 and the Force Unleashed. They're going to be doing midnight launches for those games, guaranteed, which in turn, they will let you buy SmackDown that night. So give them a call in advance, but they will tell you to come in early, pay it off, and you will be able to pick SmackDown that night at midnight if you want to. And not only does New Vegas come out next week, but I want to thank SES Warrior in the chat so does EA Sports MMA. Oh, that's right. EA Sports MMA does come out next week. So this has been a stacked month. October has been crazy. Unfortunately for me, uh, there are no GameStops in my area here in Calgary, Canada, or any Walmarts that I'm going to be able to pick this game up at midnight, which really sucks. We don't have the 24-hour Walmart Supercenters here. We have Supercenters, but they close at 11 o'clock. Um, GameStop, I've called every major one in town. Nobody's doing a midnight launch. So my happy ass has to wait till Tuesday morning to go pick it up when they open. Wow, they're not even doing a midnight launch even for Rock Band or nothing? Nothing, dude. I've called around. I need to oh, check with horrible. Best Buy, but I don't think they're doing anything either. It's kind of fucked up. Oh, yeah, that's just horrible, then. I, I on fucking Canadians, man. But, hey, on the plus side, on the plus side, I get Bret Hart no matter where I buy the game. Yeah, but... Well, I mean, I, what Marcus said. It'll all work out in the end. Well, that's true. Don't go reserving the game in five different places. It'll all work out in the end. Oh, you'd be an idiot to do that. Anybody that, that fucking thinks that's a fucking idiot. I think somebody, I think the, the reason what made Marcus say that, someone said it on the forum somewhere, on calls maybe, but I think I also seen people on Twitter saying it as well, saying that thanks THQ for this stupidness or something like that, and I now have reserved the game at Best Buy and he named off other stores. He's buying the game twice or something like that. And I think Marcus replied and said, kind of like the same thing he says every once in a while, you know, read between the lines, guys. It'll all work out in the end. No reason to buy the game twice. Which is cool because, you know, you'd probably talk to a PR person. Yeah, don't talk to that guy. Let him buy the game twice. Yeah, really, if he's willing to pay, you know, a couple hundred bucks just to get all the perks and then find out later on that, you know, <laughs> he could have just waited, then hey, you know, it's it's his money, he can fuck it up. Uh, I, I will say this, I did go and purchase a points card today, and I basically put down my nine ninety nine for the uh, the Access Pass, the DLC for SmackDown vs. Raw 2011. Yep, can't go wrong with that. I mean, if you're going to buy some of that stuff, I mean, you might as well just buy all of it. I can understand the people, though, as well, that also don't want to have their stuff unlocked. They want to be the person, you know, they, they enjoyed the process of going through and, you know, enjoying the story for Road to WrestleMania and stuff like that, but also unlocking things on the way and 
I understand that. I mean, it's like you're getting rewarded the whole time you're doing it, which is cool. So, but yeah, you don't have to worry about that because even though you you just don't get that part of the DLC yet, as long as you don't download that part of the DLC yet, you'll be fine. Make sure that's the last thing you download. Because uh, I think access is only, it's only going to work like a key. So once you download access, it's a key that lets you have the other stuff when it comes out for free. Because obviously a lot of the stuff's not coming out on day one. I mean, you can see, you know, uh, Wade Barrett and all them guys until early 2011. They got the holiday pack, and that stuff's not going to be out day one. So when you get access day one, yeah, that's going to give you that stuff in the future for free, but you're going to be able to download it separately. And the thing is, if you don't have access, obviously, you can download stuff separately still, but you're going to pay. If you end up buying it all later and you don't have the access thing, you're going to end up paying, I think it's, what, like 2 $3 more than if you did it with access. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, it's just a good deal. I mean, why pass it up? So uh, I went ahead and downloaded it. I don't care. I mean, it's it's already in my 360. I mean, it's not going to affect my achievements as I go play the game, so I don't really care. When I talk to people about the access thing and coming along, you know, the whole thing, not just the access thing, but the part of it's going to where you're going to actually have stuff unlocked for you if you get that part of the DLC. And I don't mind that. I mean, yeah, I know, like I said, I, don't know if you, I understand the people that want to have stuff and be, feel rewarded as they're going through it, but I felt that I always rushed through the road to WrestleManias and things like that to get the characters so I could use them online and things like that. And then I didn't get to enjoy the stories and stuff or what they were because I felt like I was just rushing through them because I wanted to have certain characters to wrestle online with. And so I'm fine with everything just being unlocked, and then I can just enjoy the road to WrestleMania and all the other stuff in the game for what it is. And plus, there's characters in this game that are locked that truthfully you wouldn't expect to be locked, like... I mean, one we found out was locked was Zack Ryder. And, I mean, you would expect that guy to be locked. I mean, you would expect, like, Legends or something to be locked. So, even guys like that, I don't want to be spending all day. And I think some of them, you don't even unlock through Road WrestleMania. You're going to unlock stuff through Universe and all their various ways through the game, not just Road WrestleMania. So, I'd rather just enjoy the features and stuff for what they are and have all the wrestlers at my disposal right off the bat. Well, you know, when you look at the DLC packs that are coming out for this game, I mean, you've got, what, DLC pack number one that comes free with the game that's going to have Chris Masters and, you know, a new outfit for Kelly Kelly and the uh, uh, the Day of the Dead costume for Rey Mysterio, which is perfect. Uh, you know, and then going into that second DLC when you've got the Nexus members and the NXT ring, you know, and what, what is it, Bulldog and, and uh, Lex Luger? And also yep. another possible, isn't there another arena that gets unlocked, uh, this WCW arena that we don't know anything about? That is early 2011 with, I believe, a John Cena attire, Undertaker attire, which is not the Ministry attire, everybody. Oh, that's so that not would be DLC 3. Yeah, that's the one in early 2011. Okay. And also a CM Punk attire as well. Yeah, that's oh, cool. not until 2011. Okay. But even still, when you look at you know paying $10 for this pass... That unlocks everything for you. I mean, it sells itself, people. Exactly. Well, cool. I, as far as gaming news, I really don't have anything else to really talk about. I haven't done a lot of research today for the gaming news. I really just wanted to kind of uh, cover SmackDown tonight, talk a little bit of SmackDown versus Raw 2011. I definitely wanted to bring Charles on the show and uh, let you guys know that we have booked an interview with Brian Williams for Tuesday. So that's... Definitely something to look forward to right here. Call B-Dub, man. Some people call him the face of SmackDown. Uh, 
they might be telling the truth. So yeah, it'd be awesome to talk to him this Tuesday. Yeah, it's always good to talk to him, man. I love talking to Marcus. Don't get me wrong, but I always love oh, to Marcus talk to Brian. Is great man, Marcus is awesome. I said at the event when I was talking to Marcus and Aaron, people that don't know his real name—that's Tank on the forums, community manager Tank uh, and Brian Williams. I was talking to them. I mean, I said it on Twitter and stuff after talking to him. SmackDown is in good hands now. You guys this year have found out more information, little details and stuff than you ever have on any SmackDown game since they started making the series. And that stuff's just only going to get better. I mean, obviously this is Marcus and them's first time doing it. And for the first time, they're doing a great job. And it's only going to get better with this stuff. So, I mean, I see people all the time. I follow uh, Marcus's, uh, like, tweets and stuff, just like everybody else does. And, I, I mean, if, if people actually pay attention to all the other stuff that other people are saying to him, I kind of feel sorry for the guy at times, man. Just some of the ridiculous stuff that the guy gets thrown at him. And some of it's pretty freaking hateful stuff. And it's like, I mean, seriously, this guy's doing everything he can to help you guys out. I mean, all I can say truthfully is don't ruin it because they're going out of their way more than they ever have just constantly answering questions every day to help you guys out so you know the little intricate details that you guys want to know every year. So obviously that's going to get better and there's going to be a lot more of it. So just look forward more of it in the future. And like I said, SmackDown series is in good hands now because you guys are going to be able to find out all this stuff. And I look for changes in the future as well when it comes to that kind of stuff because they're going to obviously do more and more because we're all the ones that buy their games, so they obviously want to put this stuff in there. It's going to make us buy it every year. I mean, most of us already do, but they're, they want you to keep buying it. So they're going to keep listening. Absolutely. So with that said, I'm going to go ahead and open up the phone lines, take a few calls before we wrap things up tonight. Uh, you want to hang around for a bit or are you, uh, you busy? No, I'm good for tonight. I mean, yeah, I can stay on. Okay. Well, well, we'll keep you on for a few minutes. And uh, if anybody has any questions, uh, you guys feel free to call in 501-588-7957. I'll take your calls. And uh, who knows? Charles might actually be the guy to answer your questions. I mean, uh, you know, you popped into chat today over at Ring Scoops. And you were, you were the biggest celebrity there. As soon as you popped in, Charles. <laughs> I, could, I was like, what? I was like, what? I don't know. I remember I went in the chat. Was, you were, one guy was like, thanks for the UFC update or something like that, because that's right, the UFC patch, the game was, has finally been patched for PS3 and 360. People wait a long time for that patch. Uh, you can go to calls.ws in the UFC section of the game page and actually check out all the details of that. There's a nice write-up in there from THQ Tank, letting everybody know all the stuff that's been patched for that. So... Oh, okay, here we go. I just seen it in the chat. I was, I was wondering, so, I mean, I, I'm getting stuff on Twitter about Lucha Libre. I did have, I received it, what was it, uh, Thursday? Oh, yeah? I don't know, went there Thursday, I, re- I received Lucha Libre. And uh, people, I was, people were kind of surprised that I said on Twitter after playing it for a few hours that it feels like it's a step backwards from Impact. In some ways. Not every way, but in some ways it does. And one of the things that really blew my mind is you would think Lucha Libre is going to be some high-flying, fast-paced action. Like Impact, in my opinion, did a pretty good job at with them high-flying moves in there and how fast-paced it was. But they slowed the game down. Like, seriously, when these guys run, they, they look like they're hunched over trolls running at each other in slow-mo. And, like, the, the high-flying is there in a way, but 
the fast pace that you expect from like Luch or Brute Libre when they're doing these fast pace, you know, Frankensteiners and things like that is it's just so slow. It's like it's like I took the Smack or the Bullets uh, with Impact and put it in slow motion. And that to me, I mean, other people might like that, but to me, that is really annoying. It really does annoy me when I play the game. Wow, that that does sound like a step backwards. The controls, I mean, they took. I'm actually getting pretty used to them now, but they took a little bit of getting used to your strong grapple. You actually use the left trigger. Your weak grapple is done with the right trigger, and then you use the actual face button to do moves once you're in one of them grapple types. And it was, it was, it was a little weird to get used to at first, that, but I'm pretty used to that now. But yeah, I mean that that slow pace really does kind of get to me when I'm playing the game because I really want it to be in that in that sense I did want that part of impact to still be there because especially with the lucha libre wrestling, but that, in a way that kind of ruins himself for me. Wow. Yeah, I played through. Uh, mo- there's like two little story things in there. I played through most of the first one, and not too much to actually pull you into a story really. I mean, you get a little tiny cutscene every once in a while of, uh, you know, thin game cutscenes. And then you get these uh, literally braids on, like, a old-style 4x3 TV that are telling you stories and stuff like that. And, I mean, there ain't too much that you'd see, like, full-blown voiceover. I mean, there's voiceovers, but not, like, crazy that you'd see in, like, SmackDown or even other wrestling games. But, I mean, like I said, I don't want to give it, like, full-blown review right now. But what I'm seeing right now is just kind of... I don't know. I guess kind of a trivia is kind of a letdown. I hear you. Uh, let's go back to the phone lines. I do believe we have a caller right here on Unplugged. Who's this? Hollywood. Hollywood, always up to no good. What's up, buddy? Oh, not much, not much. Uh, but as you guys talk about video games, so we got to chime in. Since I was playing Assassin's Creed 2. Cool. Yeah. I, I can't wait till the third one. I'm kinda, I've been kind of playing this all day. It's like springing into it. You know, I, I still have not played Assassin's Creed 2. I have the original Assassin's Creed. I've played it. I got bored with it really quick. Um, I literally went to GameStop yesterday. And, like I said, picked up a, a points card, bought my fan access. But while I was nosing around the discounted games, because I always buy games for cheap all the time, uh, yeah. I'm looking around, and I come across a copy of Dead Space for like seven ninety nine. So, of course, oh, I've never played Dead Space, and I've always heard great things about it, so I picked that up. I haven't played it yet, but it's on my to-do list. I still have Dead Rising. I still haven't played the first Dead Rising. Like, I'm, I'm literally so far behind on some of these games. I just need to fucking I spend a day playing. I, yeah, I will say this, play Dead Space first. Dead Space first? Yes, Dead Space is freaking awesome. Plus two is going to be coming out here soon. Yeah, I heard that. Yeah. Can you kill a little anime feature that was out? Do what? Do what? Hollywood? They have that little anime feature. Did you see that yet? I've not. I've not seen the animated feature yet. Well, if you go to comeby.com, it's on there. I mean, it's like a forty-five minute little shoot. Like, it's pretty cool. Very cool. Like, you can I, actually get the uh, the PlayStation Network and Xbox Live Arcade of Dead Space Ignition. You can download that now. Probably four hundred points, is it, or maybe more? Uh, but if you don't want to pay for it, you can actually, there's a way to get it for free. You just go pre-order the game at, like, GameStop, and I believe anywhere you can pre-order the game. They should have a ticket there to give you a code, and you can get the game for free. Well, I, I did notice that you put out a tweet today that uh, Fable 2 was free on the U.S. Xbox Live Marketplace today. 
Yeah, that's cool, Brad. Fable One or I'm not playing the Fable Two. I need to get my hands on getting an Xbox from a friend of mine, the original Xbox, the not the 360. So I might look for the first Fable game. Yeah, when I went there and seen the the stuff coming out, people saying that Fable Two was on there. It's not on there. It's what they've been doing for a while. They put Fable Two up a while back in episodes where you download the first episode for free, which it's pretty. It's the whole game, but they split it up in episodes. So you download the first episode, and that's free. And then the rest of the episodes you have to buy. I knew that was always on there, but the way people put it out today, I don't know why people all of a sudden thought that it was the whole game, but it's the exact same thing that I downloaded a long time ago. It was just the first episode. So yeah. it's not actually the whole game for free. Yeah, I was, yeah, lo- I was so looking much, today. Yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. I'm so, yeah, I'm too, too far behind on games, and but I'm more far more far behind because here soon I'm starting to study for video game design, so I'm really gonna be busy. <laughs> yeah, I went looking around today to see if I could get it here in Canada, but no, no dice. <laughs> I was like, fuck. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm still like, trying to wait, trying to get my hands on Super Street Fighter Two, and Four, so I'm mean, I'm not far behind. You know what? Your mind on video games. <laughs> I I picked up Super Street Fighter Two, or St- Super Street Fighter Four. Excuse me, you got me fucking saying that shit now. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> I, I picked that up a couple of months ago, and I came across a great deal. I was just uh, over at the Blockbuster near my house. I actually live within a five mile radius of the uh, the Hard House here in Calgary. That's sweet. Um, which kind of sucks because, you know, the, the place is up for sale again, and I really wish they would just turn that into a museum, but they probably never will. But uh, I, I went over to Blockbuster that, that's pretty close by, and we were renting a few movies one night, and I just happened to glance over the video games, and they had a used copy of uh, Street Fighter Four, retailing for like thirty nine ninety nine, And I'm thinking, wow. So I look over in the case at the brand new games... <laughs> And they had Super Street Fighter Four for twenty nine ninety nine brand new. And I was like, You gotta be shitting me. So I had the guy, you know, ring me up and stuff. He goes, Oh, this is coming up higher price. But since it was advertised, uh the tag was twenty nine ninety nine, he sold the shit to me for twenty nine ninety nine. And he was even commenting that they were trying to get rid of their stock because they still had this other game in, in stock, and I was like, Oh my god, you're an idiot. So absolutely I took that deal. And that's a, that's a fun game. I've I've played it a little bit. I, uh, I'm a I'm a big Street Fighter fan. Oh, yeah. Last time I played Street Fighter Four. Yeah, the last time I played Street Fighter Four, uh, I ended up breaking my Xbox controller because I bounced it off the floor. <laughs> and the reason for that is, is anybody that played tried to play a freaking fighting game on an Xbox with the actual original Xbox controller, the D-pad freaking blows. So I was doing that. And then I really didn't want to use the freaking virtual joystick. So I was trying, you know, the freaking D-pad obviously sucks. So boom, right off the floor. And got a new controller. Nice. No, I don't have to worry about that, November November 6th, they're coming out with a new Xbox controller that you can actually rotate and bring up the D-pad so it actually looks like a normal one. Yeah, that looks pretty cool. Yeah, I'll probably end up picking one of those up. Well, cool. Hollywood, you got anything else, brother? Ah, uh, not much, not much. I guess there's always some. Still waiting for that SmackDown game, but I'm not going to be able to get it this month, unfortunately. I got just enough money, so I'm saving back for a move uh, later next year, and then I got to get my uh, friend's uh, birthday present, and then I'm broke. <laughs> so you I'm failed. Your friend's birthday present doesn't matter. Buy SmackDown. 
<laughs> no, it's that's more important. Trust me. I hear you, brother. Because this friend will actually end up eventually becoming a future girlfriend, so much more important than a video game. Well, oh, I thought you were talking about a dude. No, I'm talking about a you know, friend of mine. Oh, okay. Female friend. Yeah, I don't important. know, though, man. Birthday present for a future friend that could be your girlfriend or SmackDown. SmackDown. I got to go with this one because she's done a lot for me for a while, so I kind of figure I kind of owe her back. Yeah, well, let's just put it this way there, Hollywood. Who's going to nurture you when she breaks your heart? SmackDown versus Raw wow. 2011. Who's going to get all your time well, when you break up with this girl? Then, but I'm going to give it eventually. I just got to just be a couple, about a couple of months. So, because, you know, all, all the, uh, the holiday season's coming up. So, I mean, seriously, look at the, the way you're saying here. Buying a birthday present for one girl or buying a wrestling game that has a whole bunch of girls in it. And no, guys, I'm not talking about freaking Chris Matthews. I'm just a one woman, man, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Hollywood. We'll stop busting your chops, brother. We'll talk to you soon. All right. Yep, bye. All right, man. Bye. Uh, as Crelly says, Uncle Charles and JJ giving advice. I mean, you got to let these people know. I mean, seriously, what is he going to do? Tell Next me. thing you know, he's going to have no girlfriend, he's going to have no game. And then, but she's still going to have her present. What's That's that right. do for him? Yeah, it's not, she's not going to give it back to you. Uh, what are people going to learn? I know. It is what it is. On that note, I think I'm ready to kind of uh, get out of here tonight. I want to go to bed. I, I've got an early morning in the morning. Got to talk to some mean Gene Okerlund. And if you guys... Well, at least your early morning is actually in the morning. This is true. This is true. Busy day tomorrow. <laughs> um, I, I do want to say this. If you guys have any questions that you uh, would have for me and Gene Okerlund, feel free to send me an email to sundaynightshowdown at yahoo.ca, and I will uh, get your questions in with the rotation. So uh, this is your opportunity to do so. Uh, Sunday Night Showdown. Scheme Gene doing. Scheme Gene, and, and find out if the Nacho Man is still circulating. <laughs> oh, yeah, I need nachos. Oh, you but uh, on that note, I want to thank everyone who stopped by. Surprise guest, Shelly Martinez. Of course, uh, my, my co-host on the CauseCast, Charles Shane. My co-host from Wrestling News Live, the Trey Dog, uh, Chris Kelly of from FromHeadlocksToHeadlines.com. I want to thank Hollywood for calling in tonight. And I want to thank each and every one of you that are in the chat room here tonight that tuned in for the show. I do appreciate it. And, uh, you know, I love having you guys come aboard every Friday night for this new version of Unplug 2.0. So with that said, on behalf of uh, myself and Charles Shane, I'm J.J. Sexay. I'm noticing a trend. I'm noticing a trend. I mean, we all do our shows throughout the week, and next thing you know, we're all on Friday on the Unplug show. What's going on? We're just hanging out. We're having a good time. I don't know. It's what we do. Never know what's going to happen. Yeah, that's true. Only on the SNS Radio Network, people. But with that said... He's Charles Shane. I'm JJ Sexay, and you've just been unplugged. Good night, everybody. As for me, I'm sitting here completely naked after my bath. I'm just going to enjoy this waterlogged steak. After that, I'm going to polish off an entire bottle of vodka in less than 20 minutes and then hit the town and punch out street lamps with a bat. I'm going to hopefully sleep with the first person I meet. I hope you do the same. 
even if you're a child or a recovering alcoholic or an elderly person. You gotta live life, huh? Does that sound good? Great. Now you do me a favor. You stay classy and give me a call sometime. I'm at 646-424-9166. Hope to talk to you real soon. Goodbye. your boyfriend was macho like me don't ya oh you do don't ya good night everybody